Hello. Hey, Julie. How you doing today? Welcome me back. Welcome back. I got my wife back. I got my wife back. Well, not so much. Well, not so much. We're sitting the long way on the desk today because there needs to be six feet between the twixt of us. The twixt of us? Yeah, I was trying to be fancy. Hmm. Listen, it's been a long time since we've been together. together. <laughs> <laughs> 13 more days. Did you notice I put those in the calendar in big numbers? It counted down oh, for us. Oh, is it? it? Yeah, but you never look days? at the calendar, so. I don't look at the calendar. <sighs> Either so. the paper or the Google. God bless America. Google. Hmm. Guess what I'm drinking. You're drinking the same thing I'm drinking. Cheers. Julie, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking some Merlot. Oh, that's very good. Fancy Cheers. Schmancy. Cheers. Ooh, fancy glasses. Hey, I got these glasses for my 40th birthday. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Was that like 20 years ago? Screw you. They're 10 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Sorry. So. Oh my god, and this is my first glass of wine. I'm already calling you a dumbass. Mm. I love you. I missed you so much. I love you too. You know what I really also missed a lot? Your dogs. No, my bed. Yeah. Oh, and all my products. You know, it's hard to travel without like all your accoutrements that you need. Like But all the listeners know you had your unicorn milk. <laughs> I know. Well, you know how that came about. Um, yeah. She got a little blister on her foot from wearing her Crocs mm -hmm. because my sister bought her Crocs, which, you know, I have opinions on that. But anyhow, mm. so she got a little blister and she was crying and she's like, oh, it hurts, it hurts. And I said, you know what I have? I have unicorn milk. And then she's like, you do? I said, yeah, it makes everything better. And I went to put it on her. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. What is, what can I use for unicorn milk? <clears throat> so, of course, I used my Josie Moran milk, which, you know. What kind of milk is Josie Moran milk? It's argon oil, which is not cheap. It's oil. No, it's like a milky substance. It's delightful mm. for your skin. But, you know, it's certainly not what you want to be putting on a seven-year-old's foot. But, you know, it's my niece. What can mm -hmm. I tell you? If my other nieces would like some unicorn milk, I would provide that for them, too. Oh, very nice. That's right. Anyhow. Um, hey, you I, want a little trivia? Okay. Not Are sure we practicing why. when we were going back to trivia night? Oh, we, yeah. Well, I'd like to go back to trivia no night. No trivia until quarantine's over. Well, not quarantine. Whatever. Julie teen. Julie teen. Julie teen. So... I was born in 1971. Hmm. On this day in 1971, you know what happened? Oh, please enlighten me. Why not? On February. Oh, that's not this day. That's not this day. It's all a lie. Wow. It's all a lie. Today. Okay, so in 1971. Wow. I'm just. I. I just want to make sure you know we're in July. I am the same age, almost, as. The NASDAQ Composite Stock Market Index, which debuted with 50 companies and a starting value of 100. Hmm, that's nice for them. I know. You know what else happened in 1971? Oh, uh, enlighten me. 
Henry Kissinger visited the People's Republic of, of China. China. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. I knew to that. To negotiate a detente between the U.S. and China. In China. I took that in world history. Mr. Ferry was his name. Mm. History teacher. I don't know if any Palmetto graduates remember Mr. Ferry. He was bald. He was boring. But I passed the class. It was an AP history class. And I passed <laughs> that with a B, which really was an A because it was weighted. I um, loved history. You know, my, my history teacher's name in high school was Mr. Haskell. Hmm. Yeah. And I actually, my senior year, because he he was big on doing bonus questions. And I, I got a... I almost thought you were going to say boner. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> 13 days. Um, anyway, so... Hey, I actually got. Be listening. I actually got a perfect score hmm. in history that year. Good for you. Is actually like out of a hundred percent. I got like a hundred and ten percent or something silly like that. Hmm. But I ended up going to Boy State that year. Interesting. Oh no, junior year is Boy State. I had him junior and senior year. So yeah. I have a question for you in Connecticut, because in Miami or in Florida rather, you had to take. What was it? Hold on. It was civics for ninth grade. 10th grade was American history. Was it American? Yes. 11th grade. Or maybe I have that all turned around. I don't know. I don't remember. Because, oh no, economics and government were in 12th grade. I know that because Mr. Beverly was my teacher. How do I remember these names? I love Mr. Beverly. He was a, t a teacher that d was a lawyer first and decided to be a teacher. And he was fabulous. I liked him. Well, he made us buy mock stock. And I bought Motel 8, Nike, and I was killing it. Well, very nice. I know. So what year did you graduate high school, Julie? <laughs> We are awesome. We are great. Senior class of 88. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my, <clears throat> I myself graduated in 89. Hmm. So 89 was the year what the hell for me. The what the hell year? Yeah, you always That was it. your year off? No, that was What'd my year do? of like, what the hell? Why don't you do it? It's 89. Hey, a lot of talk about high school today. A lot of talk about high school today. I wonder why. Well... I'm going to be honest. I don't have Mr. Fairy of Mr. Beverly on today, but I do have, oh my gosh. Okay. He was one of the first people I met in high school. My high school did not start in ninth grade. Our high school in Miami would begin in 10th grade. And he, I walked in the room, it's sort of like a movie. Don't be jealous, but it was like a movie. I walked into room 701. I remember this and I thought it would be a lucky number for me and it was French class and I was ready to learn French because I was moving to France and find a French lover this was all in my brain at that point and I looked across you're gonna find a French lover in Miami <laughs> oh my gosh I don't know what I was thinking I was I was 15 anyway I walked into French class and I saw this guy and he was really cute. And I was like, "Ooh, let me go sit next to him. And I'm like, hello. Put And we were sitting toward the back. And the, with the way that our teacher had set up the room is sort of like, um, I don't know, kind of like what we did at our wedding. 
with like the tables and I mean the desk all along the wall and there was like a big space in the middle. Does that make sense? Like a horseshoe? Of sorts, except it was square, not, not round. Anyhow, so we were toward the side back. We were all the way in the back. And Monsieur Nessa, our teacher. Who? Monsieur Nessa. Nessa. Mr. Oh, Nessa. The French teacher. The French teacher. Hmm. Um, and I wonder... We might have sat, he might have like sat us down too. Like I sat next to Bill because, well, you know, he looked cute. And I thought, ooh, upperclassman, cute. Let me sit next to him. And then I, um, <clears throat> I think we ended up sitting together anyway because we were alphabetical order. And I was D and he was B. B is a boy. I found a perfect companion for class and someone that we laughed with tremendously in class and he was just delightful and we had a lot in common we would really talk a lot during French needless to say I mean I got a B maybe a C no I got a B in French I didn't get a C but yeah it, it was a fun class for sure and all these years you know we reconnected through Facebook blah 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 um he is Still amazing, still funny. We still laugh a lot. And he's doing some really great, phenomenal things. And I have been a fan of everything that he does. Um, he is of Greek descent. And at the time... Berlides. Berlides, yes. At the Sounds time, Greek. I was taking Greek mythology. So he was awesome to mm. talk to. And, and uh he really was just a fun friend to have in high school for sure. And I, I just loved him. And he was a big personality then and now. And he's got a wonderful heart. He has so much charisma and sensitivity toward the world. And he's an artist. Um, so, yeah. So I loved having this conversation with him. And I was so honored that he visited. All right. So without further ado... Julie DeLuca Collins and Bill Berlides. Welcome to the Casa de Confidence podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you've stumbled into our casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. How was your weekend? Did you have a good weekend? Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, I got some writing done. Oh, that sounds very nice. Um, yeah, and then um, a bunch of, of garden stuff, which made me break out in a heat rash because I'm delicate. I hate it. I just hate uh, it. I work I, in, the, in the, I wouldn't call it a garden. I'm going to call it the wild outdoors because I am not <laughs> a gardener and... 
I, you know, I went to, I went to the store to pick up some new uh, victims or plants that some people may call them, but for me, they're victims. <laughs> um, I, I like pretty colors and flowers. I just can't seem to keep them alive. I can't. So someone asked me earlier what they were and I thought, um, so begonias, I know begonias. I got a okay. couple of those. And then the other one, um, I get them every year. And God forbid I should remember what they're called. Geraniums? But they're pretty. Yeah, geraniums. How did you know? <laughs> well, because those are like the stereotypical things that most people get for their, there for you their go. garden. Let me just let me just offer some advice. Yes, get please. Perennials. I perennials okay just get perennials because i don't know the difference between the annuals and the perennials and every time marked. i'm at the store yeah but every time i go to the store i'm like which ones am i supposed to get the perennials the annuals i don't know no, you oh, these want, you these want, are the pretty yeah. ones okay yeah i mean because literally i very rarely buy annuals okay i don't for... put them in the ground they just go in pots right 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 okay oh okay. well if they're just going in pots then I mean, then annuals are fine. It's just that, you know, I mean, like, because we've got, I mean, it's, it's not, it's definitely not anywhere close to an acre, but, mm -hmm. you know, our lot is fairly big, you know, okay. in comparison to like lots in New York City or what have you. And yes. so there's a lot of places where I've like done all these gardens, which are just chock full of perennials. Mm -hmm. Um just simply because I just don't want to deal with having to plant them over and over again. They're just such a nightmare. So the know? perennials, so, okay, inform me. Perennials are, like, if I were to put them in the ground, does that mean they're going to come back next year and yeah. I don't have to think about it? Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I planted, and I don't know if they're perennials or not, Um but it's a popular flower that people plant and it comes back every year. It has never bloomed for me in five years since I put it in the ground, but it was pretty when I bought it and it was lovely. It had these pink flowers and it comes in pink and blue. And I really don't know what, what it is. It's like popular. <laughs> I, and I can't remember the name and I'm, you know what? I should show you a picture of what it looks like because it's in the very prominent corner of the front of the house because I okay. thought this is going to grow to be beautiful. It's going to like sort of flank by two windows. And as people drive by my main road, because I live on a main road, people are going to admire it and say, how lovely is this? However, it is a dead piece of just stick coming up from the ground. So it's... <laughs> It's embarrassing, but I no. I mean, I mean, I've got. I mean, like, do you have a lot of light or or no light at all? So our house faces south, which is south facing, which is lovely, and then we get some of the morning sun, the afternoon sun. Now I'll tell you, I have planted roses, died, never came from like the little stump. Then I also planted uh, peonies, and then come to find out. My husband was out of town when I did this. Come to find out that I had planted them upside down. <laughs> so that was never going to grow. Uh, I do have azaleas in the front because we went to the garden center for one of my birthdays. And I said, look, I would like flowers. I would like color. I want to plant them outside, not worry about them. So the guy uh, recommended the azaleas and they're 
beautiful in color, but number one, they bloom and then they're gone. Well, and yeah, I, they're, they're they're a spring. It's a spring bush yeah, is what it is. It's like done. It's like a bush. It doesn't yeah. do me any, any favors at all. And then, like, there's no way to shape it, and it's, like, all overgrown. It's terrible. I really need to get someone to come and say, okay, plant this. Because you know what my dream garden would be? One of those, like... English, English gardens. gardens. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's, you know me. That's, that's what my that's what my garden is based off of. So it's okay. very see this I'll is why we're we, we're so so well in tune with each other and we were friends. Yeah, so. yeah like right now I'm looking at uh, um so I we have a pond. It's okay. ten by ten, it's about four and a half feet deep at its deepest. Okay. And we have koi in there, and then there's Lovely. this um old um um, not canopy, but you know what I'm talking about. I forget mm -hmm. what they call it. Um, yeah, yeah. I know anyway, exactly so this mean. this old structure that now the it started to rot and rust. So what I did was I planted wisteria, mm -hmm. which is the one that gets Ooh. the big grape-like purple yep. blooms, mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. And um, basically, wisteria, if it's planted like near your house, it'll rip it'll rip a porch off. That's how yep, strong yep. this vine is. So I'm That's figuring out I've that heard. if I plant it, then what it do is it will hold the structure up the gazebo that's what it is. It's an perfect oh so our our backyard is actually a big square we're a third of an acre i don't even know if, yeah i think oh it's a third so yeah. it's 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 a big plot now there were no trees in the backyard no trees so about five years ago when yeah five years ago when my dad died Oh, and I'm my, sorry my, to hear that. I didn't no, that's all right. Time. Yeah. So it, it was after a long illness, but I wanted to commemorate him. Um, and my, my cousin who I grew up with, who I was close, like a brother also passed away, like within three months of oh, each other. God. And I decided to plant trees on their, in, in, in their behalf, in their memory. So I ordered trees because my sister-in-law, you know, she, she's like, well, why don't you get them from, uh, the Arbor Day Society? So here I go. I signed up. They sent me six trees. I planted the six to my husband's dismay. It's like he would travel or whatnot. And then I, every spring he would go on a golfing outing or, and, and I would like come back and I have like all these stuff that I've done outside. Cause I want to make it like a pretty Oasis type. Right. And he's like, no, it doesn't work like this. Um, so anyway, so I planted, so these six trees came, but I was having a hard time digging the hole and he wasn't home. So I had to wait for him. Fast forward, only three trees of the six grew and they they're I, I love them you know and he he's like I, he's like i don't like that one tree it's got these like big um thorns they're about this big oh and, yeah oh but, he's I mean, like it, it's yeah. like a nightmare tree and now so that the other thing too and he's like so last year he's like we're gonna get rid of that tree i'm like you can't get rid of that tree that's a tree i planted for my dad are you kidding me He's like, your dad would understand. I'm like, no, it's really symbolic of him because it's a little thorny. And, you know, my dad could get a little thorny here and there. But then in the fall, I realized that 
um, a bird had committed suicide on my tree. Oh, no! <laughs> yes, it was the worst thing ever. Because I, I'm walking with the dogs outside, and then all of a sudden I'm like, what is that? And I walk over, and here's this bird that's been impaled. impaled. I'm like, oh, my God! He's like, see, cut the tree down. I'm like, no, we're not cutting the tree down. So I had to watch the bird throughout all of winter deteriorate, and the nest oh. is still there, and it finally disintegrates. But I'm like, oh, this is terrible. So yeah, so it's it's a. Uh, I am well, hoping. Well, first off, well, first off, yeah. I would say get rid of that tree because those trees really? are just seriously. I I don't care for those trees. Oh, Dan's gonna love that you're saying that. <laughs> yeah, I I in all seriousness, I don't care. Like for example, um, I didn't plant a tree when my mother died, but then of course that was like you know, I mean, I, it was when I turned 21, so that was a right. long time ago. Right. Um. But I did plant some trees when our pets died. Mm-hmm. So we had um, we had this bizarre cat named Grace, and she literally was just a little runt of a cat. And mm-hmm. you know, her and her sister kind of always had these birth defects, and you know, they were a brother and sister made it. So, needless to say, it was a lot of upkeep in order to keep these two friggin' cats alive. <laughs> and. Um, what ended up happening was she, she passed away after, I think she died at 10, which was amazing that she lasted that long. Wow. So I went out and I got this tree that technically, I guess it's not supposed to grow here, but apparently Mm -hmm. depending on the climate, it it could. And it's a, um, a cedar tree. Okay. And it literally is the most bizarre looking tree. As a matter of fact, the center of the tree died. And then I noticed that it, I was getting ready to take it out. And then I realized, oh, wait a second. These branches are now growing straight up. And now it looks like four cedar trees. So <laughs> I kept that one. And then the other thing that we planted for um, for our dog, Shelby, when she passed away, I was mm. devastated, um, was this like weeping um, um, uh, evergreen and it's uh-huh. gorgeous and it's almost as tall as the house now because that was quite a few years ago Ooh. but um you know just just this big weeping tree that i just thought was beautiful oh. but yeah th- those spiky trees i'm always terrified oh. that i'm gonna trip and then fall into one of the limbs and then well, have it through my eye well it's not uh, very big it's it's and it's still and really we only have we have um they're like an sparse place outside of the guard outside in the yard get rid of the damn tree okay all right well i i i will tell dan you said that and he is going to go out and shovel it out as soon as he can get Um, to it the other thing the other thing that you could plant if you wanted to Mm -hmm. is um and people are surprised that these winter over are banana trees Every year, really? I mean, in Ohio, it gets it gets pretty cold. Right. Um, every year, um, the, I plant. I it started off with one plant, and now I've got several of them all over the place, and it's very tropical feeling. Kind of reminds okay. you of Miami. Okay. And then, r- really, what you do is you just simply hack it down to the ground before the first frost, cover it with leaves, and then it'll shoot up shoots next year. Really? Now, what about bamboo? Simple. You just have to keep What do you it think bamboo? Do you think bamboo will grow? Um, here's the thing about bamboo. Okay. It is very evasive. If you plant yes, bamboo, that's what I hear. it's going to go everywhere. If you plant bamboo in a container, 
Mm-hmm. Like I've known people that have built these very big containers. Right. You know, um, there's one house uh, on our way to church that literally they built these massive containers and inside mm-hmm. the containers are bamboo and it completely shields the house from, from mm. everything. Um, hmm. You know, this so, might be a concept I need to explore. So because our house is in a corner and you can, you know, it's it's very, our, we have a fence for the dogs, but it's chain link. I would like a private, you know, I, 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 not that I would do it, but I'm going to say it. If I want to be out naked in my backyard, I want that kind of fence, right? Well, but, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get yeah. it. And as a matter of fact, Joel and I, we're talking about it because we're really starting to get to the point in our lives not that we want to go out naked but literally we just want to be left alone we don't you know i mean isn't that crazy our neighbors are are great and everything but i like to be able to go out without having to worry about you know having to deal with the neighbors so what you should get if you really and and these grow so incredibly fast okay are um burning bushes burning bushes will shoot up and they get the most beautiful right. deep red foliage Ooh. in the fall. Oh, I love and that. And literally, and, and they're very thick. I'm going to look so them up right now. Like the, yeah, it's the perfect, it's the perfect privacy hedge. Because perfect. when we went to, because recently we went to a wedding over in um, Long Island, at the very mm-hmm. end of Long Island. And then we went over to the Hamptons and we noticed that with the Hamptons, oh, they, they have the all of these beautiful hedges mm-hmm. that are like 10, mm-hmm. 12 feet tall. And yep. they're edged within an inch of their life you know they're uh, perfect yep. oh i said no. that's what i want I that's want it all, what i all want the front and all along the side and all along the back yes absolutely to it's so dan dan, dan is gonna be like oh great now we have another idea because i am the idea person and he executes so right. that's that's how we live our life but it, they're, it, it, it they're all works so out. easy they're so okay easy. i mean we burning have bushes that, okay yeah. yeah we have one that we keep on having to hack down because that's right by the garage and it's mm-hmm. literally it's now up to the um up to the downspouts up okay. at the top part of the of the garage i mean it just it just it just grows fantastically that's what we're gonna do so now i have to tell you the funniest thing so yesterday when i got my little uh what did i say that i got the the begonias um, yeah. my scarlet begonias. I, I was, re- so I got them in the little containers and I'm like, Oh, I guess I have to move this to the pot. So I said, Dan, can you move these to the pot? He's like, no, you want to do it? You do it. And I'm like, Oh, he does this for me every year. So I'm like trying to do it. And then like, I have gloves on and I don't like dirt. Let's be honest. So anyway, I'm like, am I doing this right? Like, and I'm trying to put enough dirt and he's laughing at me and I'm like, don't you know how to do this? And he's like, yeah, you forget I worked as grounds maintenance in college. I'm like, so why am I planting all this crap and you're not doing anything? What's wrong with this picture? He's like, because it amuses me more to see you do it. I'm like, (laughs) fine. Anyway, anyway, but we started this conversation and I didn't introduce you properly. My goodness. I am so excited that you're here and that you agreed to be a part of the podcast. I have known you. Um, do should I age us? Should I age us? 
decades. How about that? Decades. We've oh, known I each other love for that. Decades. Oh, that's that's why you're the published author and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> decades. We that's have all, known each that's other. That's all we'll admit to. That's right. We have known each other from for decades. We met in Miami and you made 10th grade French class the most enjoyable class oh, ever. Oh, dear God. Even though we had <laughs> the... Should we? What, let's be kind. He may not. He may not be alive. Let's be kind. He, even though he was the le- least enjoyable teacher we could have gotten. Oh, he was an asshole. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, you're right. You are being kind by calling him that. Mr. Such and Such was Mr. Such, such and an Such. Incredible, that that's being kind because he yes. literally. He oh my god! It made was our life miserable. And and we 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 were just trying to learn French. So, I mean, anyhow. I now know how to say "quel uh, est la date aujourd'hui." And, um, and oh, what was the thing that he's like, um, Mademoiselle, <laughs> Mademoiselle Julie? I don't even know. Listen, I had learned all my French without him, so who needs him, right? Exactly. So, but exactly. we we had. Asked. We had phenomenal, phenomenal times. We laughed a lot in that class. And um, when we got in trouble, we ended up in the assistant principal's office together. But we mm-hmm. made it work. Um, and I, I have just enjoyed watching you thrive and go after your dreams. And, and certainly you're a published author. You published a wonderful book that I enjoyed, by the way. Thank um, you. I think that a lot of people should go out and read it, especially if you enjoy mythology. But I think the themes are very relevant to today and they're very relevant to uh, the characters just transported me. And and, and I know that you have tons of amazing reviews and Goodreads and Amazon, but you continue to just... um, just shine your light. You are married. Oh, you are you are so incredibly generous. I mean, no, no, I'm not. I see you. I see the generosity <laughs> and the love that you have for the people around you. You are married. You just celebrate. How many years now since you got married? Well, okay, so we it, we actually hit our fifth year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but Joel and I have been together now, going on twenty three years. Yeah. So you know, Cheers. we now can jokingly say, "They go, how long have you been married?" Well, five years, but it feels mm-hmm. like twenty three. It feels so, like twenty three. I love that. That's terrific. But you know, you know, we just, I, I am, and I, and I tell many people this. I am incredibly blessed with the life that I had. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, and you know, when with with us growing up together, I mean, the, I could have gone any way, you know, any which way in regards mm-hmm. to what what I turned out to be, and. Um, I just think that that I, that luck was on my side in regards to me going through the trials and tribulations of coming into terms with who I was, mm-hmm. um, and then and then being able to go on from there to find happiness and and then find my niche, which is obviously this kind of quirky, you know, Greek um, gods, the Olympians, um, uh, with a very quirky twist on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I, I thank you so much. I mean, I, I just think that a lot of it had to do with luck and, and support from friends like you who just kind of egged me on and said, you know, you can do this, you know, let's, let's get it done. So, well, I think that we all need people in our corner really cheering for us and being that, 
that squad that is going to see in in uh, the one of the one of my guests actually taught me the whole term of believing mirrors, and I believe that sometimes we don't remember or see the good and and the best in us, and we need to have people do that. I know that for you, you you had challenges, it, I, I like myself, and I, I don't think I I was to the extent that you were, but you were bullied. Is that something that you want to a little bit touch on and how that impacted you and sure. created? in you um, resiliency? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, starting in third grade, um, I was bullied. You know, I was called a faggot. I mean, Mm -hmm. and that was just something that just continued from third grade until 11th grade. And, um, you know, it it did. It did help mold the person that I am today. Right. um, For the good and then also, you know, for the bad because it also created, you know, you know, certain little hangups and things like that, that I've dealt with and, and, and gotten rid of those demons out of my life. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, yeah, it definitely impacted, uh, who I was. And, um, what, what was really interesting was it wasn't until 11th grade that I finally found the bravery and found my voice to be able to say, okay, this is enough. And this is, this is a bit mm-hmm. of a, an incredibly wrong story. And I can't believe I'm sharing this with you, but I will. Um, So it was just a stereotypical day. I was walking up the stairs at Miami Palmetto Senior High. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, I, I had, um, I had started taking ballet uh, probably just a few years back. Mm -hmm. I had gone from that really awkward, slightly overweight, teen to being, you know, fit and, and, um, and a little bit more assured of myself. Right. Um, and I was walking up the stairs and the guys, a group of guys, you know, typical jocks, right. um, you know, all of whom I shared classes with all throughout the many years mm-hmm. that I went right. to Palmetto Senior High. And for um, those people know, to interrupt. with the yeah, and for those people who don't know the kind of environment, just picture any of the John Hughes movies, Sixteen Candles. That's the type of environment that our high school was. Uh, oh, I very, mean, it yeah. was it was the nine hundred two one zero of Miami. Oh yeah, I mean, for literally. Sure. I mean, yeah. You know, I lucked out going to that school simply because we lived on the very edge and busing because there was no <laughs> way we were in the income level of a lot of people that that went to that school. Um. But, you know, I finally just, I just, something clicked in me and I just kind of turned and I said, you know, and I, obviously I won't mention the person's name. I go, you know, um, yeah, you're right. I, I'm gay. I like boys. Sorry. I mean, there's nothing that I can do about Mm. that, but I gotta say this, your brother, and this is something that he didn't know was that I had been dating his brother. I said, really? I hope, I hope your brother and I didn't make too much noise in his bedroom when we were fooling around the other night. You see, we would have done it in the pool house, but your brother kind of felt that that was a little bit too close to your mom and dad's bedroom. So we decided that we would risk it and do it inside his bedroom. Wow. I, I cannot even imagine what the reaction would have been to that. Well, I, everything just went dead silent. And mm. then I just turned around and continued walking up the stairs. 
and then proceeded to find a bathroom and then throw up because I couldn't believe, I, I thought, I'm dead. I am so dead, you know, and, and nothing happened. But after that, mm -hmm. um, nobody called me faggot anymore because I think they were afraid that I might be dating their brother. So. Right. I, th I think that there's something to be said for decades ago, being able to stand up in your truth and being able to then speak to who you are and getting the courage at a young age. And I think that even now, it's something that it's heartbreaking for me is to know that there's so many youths that, and, 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 and again, that don't have the courage to stand in what they believe because they are afraid of not being loved and accepted and they are just disheartened by who who they are i just i you know it nothing gets me more upset when i think of of parents who turn their back away on their own mm -hmm. children on their own children right you know and I, go on. I'm sorry. No, no, no. And and and. But I I think to your point, it is heartbreaking that families are torn apart because you know the the and and again, we can sit here and explore and speculate why parents do the the things that they do. But I think that ultimately, if we are called to love and we are called to be the best version of ourselves. Even if we have someone that we don't agree with, even if we have someone that we don't see eye to eye, I I would want people to show up and think, how can I be the best version by loving this person and not rejecting them? Because I think that when we reject people, we feed into their insecurities and we feed into the pain that they may be feeling over who they're discovering or who they're who they're coming into. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, you know, and, and, and this is something that actually I've grappled with, you know, because I do, I did come from that generation where, mm -hmm. you know, being gay was, had, was just starting to kind of be sort of maybe, you know, as long as you keep it quiet. Right. Okay. Right. And today's generations, although even though there's still a struggle, but today's mm -hmm. generations um, are able to be able to come out and have and and to a certain degree have the support. Once again, I'm not by any you know um, meaning of the word discounting the struggles that the mm -hmm. gay youth of of the world right. today have to go through, but it was a, a very different world. I mean, I came out right as the egg uh, eggs um, the AIDS epidemic yeah. was happening. Mm -hmm. You know and. You know, when my mother found out that I was gay, right. uh, it was, you know, she was horrified. And I don't know as to whether or not she was horrified because of the idea that, oh, my God, my son is mm -hmm. gay. But I think she was terrified of the fact is, son. oh, my God, you're going to get sick. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember like, that vividly, how parents and I think that for the whole that generation coming to grips with your sexuality also involved your mortality. Yeah. And, and, and you, especially, and again, there might be listeners that don't get what we experienced, but I remember there was an uncertainty and even a tinge of family, familiar, I can't speak today. Wow. What's wrong with me? <laughs> and I'm drinking water. Wow. We're going to have to get a picture with my water. It's not vodka people, but, um, I, I, I just, you know, the, the whole virus that we're encountering right now, right? There's some, a tinge yeah. of uncertainty and, and it has rung very uh, familiar to me as yeah. it had like 
how how do you get it? Where do you where where what does this mean to you? But the epidemic was something that um you started to see and as as it became more mainstream and in, in heterosexual communities and it started to be impacted and everyday people started to be impacted it's sort of um normalized to an extent and 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 it didn't you know yeah i we're we're going down a a dark oh, yeah. hole but yeah no 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 it, it, it's you know it but it's you know my attitude has always been is that's just part of life right. you know i mean <clears throat> we're put on this earth to live the life that we that we end up living and, mm-hmm. you know, my attitude has always been do no harm to anyone, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that's always been my attitude in regards to right. that. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if, you know, at the end of my life, you know, I can't go into the next stage, you know, for me, you know, going to heaven and meeting mm-hmm. and being reunited with my loved ones for a lot of other people, they, you know, they have different religious views in regards mm-hmm. to that, but you know, at, I, I can only accomplish what I can accomplish, you know, right. and I have to be satisfied with that. You know, I, I look at your it's, life but, and but I think the, you, the, yeah. it was interesting when Joel and I, um, when we had been together, um, this would have been when Joel proposed to me 18 at eight years, he said he wanted to be sure. And I said, you know, that's why our hashtag for our wedding is hashtag about damn time. But um <laughs> You know, I love it. he he struggled with it to a certain degree as far as the whole marriage thing, mm-hmm. uh, simply because he wanted to make sure that it wasn't just a meaningless ceremony, that it was that mm. it had that it was based in religion and mm-hmm. that we were, you know, both worshiping uh, at a church, that at a church could, yeah. you know, that we could build our spiritual journey right. from. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that he was concerned about was uh, his parents. His father was a Lutheran minister, mm-hmm. although for part of the ELCA, which is the moral branch of the Lutheran church, and his mother was an organist. It doesn't get any stereotypical than that. Mm. And that was his biggest concern was, you know, would his dad be willing to participate in the ceremony? Because mm-hmm. that meant the world to him that his right. father would, would would do that. And we had reached a point where, yeah, now it looked like the Supreme Court was going to make their decision and that it was going to probably go towards, you know, positive. Mm -hmm. Uh, We could actually get married at the time in Maryland for the legal stance, right? uh, which we did Mm -hmm. um, months before we we went to Maryland, which is where his parents live. And they and we got um, married by his father. But, um, But what just amazed us was that after a year and a half of planning, our wedding landed the day after the Supreme Court decision. That was not planned. It. it just it just happened. It just happened. And I said, you know, if there's an example of God having a sense of humor and saying, you know, mm. after all this journey, and my first thought was, damn it, we didn't need to do Maryland, did we? And then he, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I but love how, it. But, but but how but how could you know? Mm. But it's it's interesting because. I still get flare-ups of Mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, if you listen in the news, there are certain politicians that are trying to find different ways in order to undo marriage equality and all that kind of stuff. It Mm -hmm. just, it, it, I uh, immediately flash back to being that 16, 17 year old with Mm -hmm. bullies, you know, basically making my life a living hell. Yeah. And I think that, and I think that that's, that's, um, 
you know, the, the whole nature of our society that we're never going to be a hundred percent alike. And I think that that's the beauty and the richness of our world, that we all come from all these different backgrounds and have different experiences and, and, and different things make us tick and laugh and love. But we, we, I'm hoping that through this podcast and through anything that I do, honestly, is that I create an environment in which I am helping people to see different views that will help them not necessarily, listen, I'm not looking to evangelize. I'm not an evangelist, but I, I do want people to think for themselves. And I do want people to begin to, to humanize the conversation, because I think that in creating, in looking at the humanity in somebody else, it can help you analyze, Hey, it's not a political stance or it's not a slogan. It's, it's who is this person yeah, that when I not, say I don't contribute to this belief, who who is hurt and whose lives are affected by that? Well, and it's and it's not an agenda. There is no mm. gay agenda. There's mm. a human agenda, is what it really right. amounts to. And what yeah. was interesting, and this will I think this kind of sums up the the whole um the whole thing in regards to what we're talking about was um at our wedding. Uh, there was this older couple, Bev and Howard, and uh, Howard um, actually died about a year or so after the wedding. But I still kept, I still keep in touch with Bev. Anyway, Bev, um, you know, pulled me over, and and the way that we met them was through our um, uh, Joel and I wanted to learn how to play bridge. Okay. So we went to a we went to a bridge club. How so, fun is that? I know, I know. Oh and, my gosh. You know, and, and of course, you know me, I'm just like, well, the other day I said to Gloria, Gloria, I don't understand why, you know, I mean, just, just <laughs> being absolutely ridiculous right, while we're playing it. bridge. So, um, so we learned how to play bridge and we met this, this older couple and they were invited to our wedding because we invited our, our bridge club um, to the wedding. And she called me over and she said, I, I just want to admit something to you. And I said, okay, Bev, you know, and I sat down uh-huh. and I was, she was like, I want you to know that um, that you changed my heart. That mm. before I met you, I was one of those mean little old ladies that you know that clutched their religion to their chest and passed judgment on people like you. But because I saw what mm. a loving person that you are, and the love that you have for everyone that you interact with, and the mm-hmm. love and respect that you and Joel have for each other, and just the love that you had no expectations of, of receiving it back from me, but you still gave me love, mm. you know, with our interactions with each other. And you made me laugh so much, which is, you know, <laughs> typical me. Yes. And, um, and she said, she goes, and you, you change, you changed me so much and Aww. I can't thank you enough. And then she's like, and I hope you don't hate me for this. And I was like, why would I hate you? I right. said, of course I don't hate you, Bev. Mm. I go, now give me back the giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's exactly what I think we need to have more of. We need to have conversations when we're coming to the table, whether it be with bridge or with volunteering and just taking the opportunity to find out 
what is it about this person that makes them tick? And it doesn't matter if they're a different skin color or if they, you know, think the same way that you do. Just just find out how you can get to know them better for sure. Um, well, I mean, I think the word them should be banned out of out of out of the English language because I, I, a lot of okay. people a lot I'm of in people for that. Yeah, a lot of people will say, well, that happens to them, mm. you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think that as human beings, we have an issue with the idea that we have to be able to point to someone and say, well, I'm normal, but they're not, mm. you know, or, you know, uh, that, you know, they're the ones that, that do this, or they're the ones, right. or they're the cause, or, and I really think mm. that them should be simply replaced by us. It's a it's matter of, of fear, right? It's a matter of fear. And I think that if we, uh, people use the them because it, it's easier to say this is us or me or it's happening here because then it, it, it um, you know, Brene Brown talks a lot about uh, shame. And I think that when we point, and not, not to say that, you know, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're pointing at or you're, uh, you're you're singling out i think that sometimes you know that you yourself have insecurities and inadequacies and if you point somebody else's out it will take the eyes of the world away from you right and and i think yeah. that that's that's one of the biggest defense mechanisms that many people well that into. and and one of the things that i learned through therapy and yes i did go through therapy and order highly recommended for people yeah, not <laughs> conversion therapy, but therapy in order to be able to deal with some of my frustrations, some of my, you know, my angst. Right. Um, and one of the things that that my therapist had said was that everyone needs to stop using the word should. Oh, I, I, I think should it should be banned. This. Yes, I agreed. should do that. You should do this. You should mm -hmm. do that. No, you're, it's not your responsibility yeah. to tell someone they should do anything because that's their yes. journey. And likewise, mm -hmm. it's your journey. It's not right. that you should do something. It's just right. that you do something, you know, and shoulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda are words that keep you living in the past. Yeah. And when you focus so much on the past and what didn't happen or should have happened or could have happened, you are taking so much time away from where you are now and the things that you are able to take care of today. If you, I should have done that. Well, do it now. You're here. You're still alive. Um, and, and should have, would have, could have, or may have, or can have, you know, like, like with my, with my, yeah, like with my dad, you know, mm. my dad has never accepted who I was. He just, he, it's just not in his ability. Mm -hmm. And I have had to come into terms with the idea that he will never accept me. He <laughs> will never be a part of my life. Right. Simply because he just can't, you know, and I, I'm willing to admit I'm 51 years old and, you know, I, I'm not going to going to base my life on the what my father deems as being successful. I love right. my dad. Right. I, you know, he's my dad. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean necessarily that I like him. And, you know, it just, at some point you have to realize that my expectations of what I feel my dad should be like, I cannot put on him. 
Likewise, right. his expectations on what right. he thinks is a personal, uh, is a perfect mm-hmm. son, he cannot put on me. Right. We, and, nobody can tell you. And I think that that's where a lot of people fall and, and end up having issues because we are so, um, we're, we're working so hard to live up to other people's expectations that yeah. we, we stop looking at what would make us happy and what would bring us joy and what are the things that we want to pursue that can fill our cup because ultimately guess what even if you if you decided to try to accommodate and live up to somebody else's expectations you wouldn't do it no and for me if you know i know that um if my husband and and he's a terrible example because he he's very easygoing. But I think that there's many times even in my life that even with my dad, who I was close with, right? Yeah. Um, there were times that I did things that he didn't agree with. He did not agree with. And and I needed to go through that and go through the motions and either stay it and and again i did things that i am glad i did and i stand by those and i am and you know there are some things that maybe yeah as a parent he tried to protect me and here i am right but i think that all of us need to start concentrating more and how can we please ourselves and be the best uh best who we can be and change the things that we feel we need to change based because we don't like it not because somebody else or the world or somebody else's standards are what we're measuring ourselves by well and that's true and mm-hmm. you know uh, and being able to take all of that noise and all of that junk or all mm-hmm. of that baggage and right. just simply push it away yes in order to be able to finally be to take a breath and, mm-hmm. and realize, okay, what is it that I really want to do? Yeah. Um, 100%. You know, and, and I, you know, it just so happened that I was, um, I had gone from a really creative job to a not so creative job. And uh, one of the things that my husband, Joel said to me was, he goes, you really do need a creative outlet. Mm. Because you need to be able to express whatever it is that's that's jumping around in that mind of yours, which nobody should ever have to experience. And mm-hmm. I and I and we laughed. And I just said, "Well, I've always thought about writing a book." And he was like, "Well, then go ahead and write a book." All right. All right. Yes. So I sat down and yep. I started typing, and I came up with this this story about this little girl, and she was in her bed and. Um, it, there was lightning and thunder and, mm-hmm. and then I just stopped and I said, God, I just wrote, it was a dark and stormy night. And I just finally, <laughs> and I just slammed the computer down and walked away. I just said, I'm not dealing, I'm not, do- I can't do this. I can't do this. But, but you did. And it's just, the story is phenomenal. And, and, and it's called Muse Unexpected because yes. I don't know if we've, if we've said the title, but it's called Muse Unexpected. Uh, so tell me, how did you go back to the writing once you stopped? Well, it, it was, it was funny. Um, and then, you know, probably several months went by, you know, and I just put it out of my mind. And then I started thinking about, okay, if I were going to write something, what would it, what would it be? And I said, well, you know, I know that from growing up, my father used to read, and these were bedtime stories, which, which <laughs> the Olympian tales are not bedtime stories to read to a child. And he would read me these Greek myths as mm-hmm. like a bedtime story. Now, 
I will say this, that yes, it might have been a little bit uh, over the top for me to refuse to open up my closet to get dressed simply because of Pandora's <laughs> box. Right. But I was really terrified of the fact of whatever it was that was going to come out of that closet. So I said, well, why not work on the myths? Except, of course, the Greek myths, you've got Percy Jackson, you've got all these other, you know, uh, Clash mm. of the Titans, all these other things that have come before me. How do I make it unusual? And then I thought, well, why not pick a Greek god or goddess that people just kind of go, meh. And I thought, all right, well, the muses. The muses. You know, and the muses were known were the nine daughters of Zeus. And if anyone ever remembers the 1980 movie, which is fantastic, Xanadu. Um, of course. <laughs> I love that movie with starring Olivia Newton-John. Did you and see the Broadway play? Yes, I did. It's hysterical. Oh, I loved it. On okay. roller skates. Yes. Okay. I'm so glad we're in good company. It's why we got along. Oh, my God. So I thought, okay, well, why not mm -hmm. take the muses and, and change them? And don't be concerned about adding things that really weren't part of the old mythology. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I created this whole world where the muses are actually the guardians of humankind and also demigod kind, which are mm -hmm. the half human, half gods uh, people. And, um, and just started creating this world that had this outrageous streak throughout it where pop culture is injected, you know, mm. and, and the, these different types of gods are not what you expect them to be. Right. You know, you know like for example, the, the uh, Persephone in Hades, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Persephone and in my world is obsessed with um, catalog shopping and she likes to order from Pottery Barn and Restoration Hardware. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just outrageous. And Hades, um, who is concerned about his marriage, has a book club that he does with souls that he drags from the river Styx. And, you know, and he, and while the book club is happening, he starts asking for marriage advice, you know, so it's literally, it's just, it's, it's nonsense thrown into these epic tales. And then, you know, tying it all together is this story about this young girl named Sophia mm -hmm. who finds out after her father mysteriously dies that her mother and grandmother are Greek muses. And she's mm -hmm. expected to take up the family to business. To take up the family business. So, Correct. you know, so it just was this, this outrageous tale, this epic coming of age story that um, that for some reason it just rang true for a lot of people. People just thought that it was funny and you know it kept them on the edge of their seats and mm -hmm. they loved the characters, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm continuing that. I'm, I'm continuing the series. I'm working on book number two. And Yay. also I've created this new um, character named Dr. Sebastian Brackenridge who is this absolutely ridiculous, over-the-top, um, mm -hmm. uh, world-renowned historian. And he basically talks about the Greek muses or the, the Greek gods, except it's done in such an, an absolutely outrageous way. Um, he declares himself to be the gayest man in uh, Great Britain or the United Kingdom. And I do the voices for these in this in the podcast that I have. And, you know, he's just he's just very you know, he he's got this English accent. You know, he's got this English accent and he's just sort of like, Well, hello, chickens. <laughs> you know, I mean it's just so absolutely yeah. obnoxious and funny. And so far, I mean, a lot 
lot of people have have cuddled up to Dr. Sebastian Brackenridge. Yes, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed a little bit of his antics this afternoon earlier today. <laughs> um, I was sadly interrupted because I forgot I had a conference call that I had to jump into. I'm like, this is inconvenient. I need to go back to that. And and of course it didn't happen. But I I love the story and I love the humanity and really the the epic um intertwining of the mythology within our pop culture because i'm a pop culture addict at times so i, I oh, seem God, to enjoy yes. that a lot um what and and i i i i want to touch on a couple different things but i'm curious who inspires you oh wow from a writing standpoint or from or a... from a any perspective standpoint Ooh. Well, from a writing standpoint, I am incredibly inspired by Stephen King. Some of mm -hmm. his characters, his books are just absolutely amazing. Some of the less known ones, like Duma Key, uh, which is a fantastic mm. book. If ever okay. you get the opportunity I have, yeah, to read it. I haven't it. read that. And, um, and just the characters are so rich. And it, I, I, just, I just love, I love a lot of his stories. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think, I, you know, there was one person, God rest her soul, that inspired me greatly. And that was my Aunt Marianne, who lived in New York mm -hmm. City. And she passed away uh, in 2016. She yeah. actually attended my wedding in 2015 and stood in for my mother, who had passed away a long time right. before. And um, there just was this fighting spirit that she always had, mm. you know, and she just, she had such a love for New York. Yeah. Uh, the state and the city and mm. you know the, she just was always that kind of like New York version na native New Yorker um, Mary Tyler Moore in my eyes mm -hmm. and that spark inspired me greatly I um, loved reading your tribute to her because I felt like you you really for someone like me who didn't get an opportunity to meet her I saw that your love for her was just incredibly just pouring out in your words and your tribute to her life. And, and, um, but I, I can tell, I, I, I felt like I knew her after I read what you wrote about her after her passing, because I, I could picture this and you were so, um, so descriptive and, and, and yet, um, artistically um refined with with that what you said about everything that and, and everything that you're saying now really um, it's it's you I know it, it thank you thank you you know it's interesting we had such an unusual relationship mm. um in that she was more like a sister because she was only 11 mm -hmm. years older than i was she was a change of life baby okay but you know there were just these insider jokes that we would do with each other. Like I would call her, she worked in an import export business. Um, and I would call her up and she would answer the phone, da, 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 may I help you? And I would sit there and I would literally, I would do stuff like this. I would go. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling about my mothball order. Could you please tell me if the shipment has come in? <laughs> And literally, it was just ridiculous. And she it. would just start to laugh. 
or it would be a Q-tip order. And she goes, I'm sorry, sir. It's, it's still stuck in China. And I was just oh. like, for the love of God, what do I have to do in order to get my Q-tips? I love, we have to have relationships that we can bring the, the kid in us and have joy in the conversations. And I, I urge anyone who has disconnected from people in their life that bring them joy to definitely go back and, and find that because people are in our lives for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And uh, you want to make the most of it. You want to make the most of it for sure. I mean, and and she, I think what what was really interesting though, is that she saw, um, she knew that my humor was actually Mm -hmm. a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. that I had developed growing up, which was Mm -hmm. if I can make them laugh, they won't beat right. me up or they won't right. call me faggot or, or what have right. you. Right, right. And that later turned into um, me helping my mother through her very long illness. Mm. She suffered from kidney disease um, simply because, you know, you either laugh or you cry. Right, right. And which Absolutely. one would you rather do? So Absolutely. I would always make my mother laugh constantly. Mm-hmm. Whenever things got too serious, yeah. there would be some sort of joke. And the same thing goes for Marianne because I remember when, you know, God rest her soul, our, um, her mother, my nanny, my grandmother Mm -hmm. had passed away. And I was standing there at the coffin and looking down and stereotypical, oh my God, Italian wake that just goes on forever (laughs) and ever three showings. I mean, seriously, it's not, it's not a short run Broadway play. Right. Right. So there I am looking down at, at my grandmother, my nanny, Mm-hmm. And Marianne comes over and she says, she goes, are you doing okay, Billy? Because that was, of course, my nickname. Right. And I would say, yeah, 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 I'm doing fine. And then I would look down and I would say, you know, they did a great job on her. You know, she looks really good. And my aunt goes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, she does. She does. I go, she, I, I mean, she looks like she's sleeping. And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a really good job. I go, you know. Nanny is up there in heaven, looking down on us and smiling. She's very happy. And she goes, do you think so? And I'm like, yes, I do. I do think so. Mm. I said, because she's in her favorite position on her back. <laughs> nice. And my aunt went, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> and then she just started to shake with laughter. So she hugged me to make it look like we were both, you crying, were both crying. And literally, we were crying with laughter. laughter. I mean, and, and that's just and that's just the way that I've always been in regards mm-hmm. to, you know, situations like that. Even in my day job, you know, working for Ernst and Young uh, as a pursuit strategist, proposal writer, things like that. Um, I use humor a lot right. in order to be able to motivate people to get things done that need to get done, done. Yeah. and to basically have to break those barriers that a lot of us mm-hmm. put up, you know, yeah. when they're put into a very stressful situation of having to respond to an RFP or what have you, a request yeah. for a proposal. I, I, listen, I've been there. The request for a proposal, it's one of my, mm. um, one of my greatest things that has plagued me and haunted me, but I've really <laughs> embraced it in my life. I've written many in my time, but I think that when I, I know that during some of the most, I had a proposal once that was due and I, I think it was to Arizona and mm. we were, our, our, our department was actually, um, 
super late in writing it because we had a whole bunch that were due and it was one of those that like sort of fell through the cracks when you had multiple. So we figured out that we could take it to the FedEx office at the airport so that it could get there on time. And, And I remember just like we were making the copies because, you know, this is like, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe more, that you had to have X amount of copies, uh, Times New Roman, 12-point font, oh, yeah. and yeah. written. And, and it was the kind of thing where I'm like, I'm going to die. And I, and it was like, all we could do was laugh and, and, and just make jokes. And, and, and my staff was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, don't worry. I mean, like, we'll get to the airport. We should go and, like, grab a drink at one of those hotels that's, like, open 24 hours because we might as well celebrate. We might be fired tomorrow. But it was the kind of thing where, you, you know, you have to, like, insert a little bit of levity into the situation. Um, we haven't talked about another thing that it's one of my um, favorite things about you because I am a lover of arts and uh you have a great love for for the arts as well. You are a dancer. Yes, yes. A very, 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 very decades ago. Oh, once I a was, dancer, always a dancer, my darling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, so I started taking ballet. This was when I was was going to at the time it was called Payback, the Performing and Visual yep. Arts Center, mm-hmm. uh, which then became the New World School of the Arts for, right. uh, for In Miami. Miami. Yep. And um, so I was taking musical theater and then um, there, was a, there was an interesting um, uh, opportunity for people to be extras with American Ballet Theater. They were restaging their Romeo mm-hmm. and Juliet. And keep in mind, I mean, I still was... I had not taken any ballet classes. I was a little bit chunky, you know, and, you know, I should not have been on the stage with these dancers, these very famous dancers. But anyway, um, so I went and you had to get measured mm-hmm. uh, to for costumes and things like that. And we went to this, you were supposed to go to this studio, uh, which was the Martha Marr School Martha of Ballet, Marr. Yeah, yeah. which was located in Coral Gables. And yeah. Martha Marr, for those who don't know, God rest her soul, she died yeah. um, a few years back. But um, she was like the epitome of, of, of the stereotypical ballet, ballet dancer. She dancer, carried yeah. a stick. She mm-hmm. was very stern. And um, and she was also like one of the main people that started the the dance community. She was, I mean, she was definitely one yeah. of the one of the leaders within the community for for decades on end. And she was considered to be one of the top ten um, in the country. Yeah. So it wasn't me walking in and seeing uh, the dancers take classes. Um, but when we went to uh, the theater and we had our first rehearsal with the actual dancers, I fell in love with it. Mm. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it was beautiful. It just was the most beautiful thing that I've ever seen. And I decided then and there that, yes, I do want to become a dancer. Mm-hmm. So I went back, back to Martha Mar, and apparently boys are a commodity for just about right. any, you know, studio. And she gave me a full scholarship if I would start taking classes there. And yeah. within the first 
three months, I dropped 30 pounds. Wow. Now that was taking a lot of classes, but I mean, and, and, and trust me, it was awful. I mean, I was awful, but I learned it quickly. And once again, the, the pounds just melted away so much so that she went to my mother and she goes, is he eating? She goes, I can't get him to stop eating, you know, but it was just right. that constant exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, then I ended up, um, you know, I, I performed with the Miami Ballet, got a full scholarship for the School of American Ballet Theater, mm-hmm. um, was there for about a summer and then decided, I'm not sure if this is what I want. Right. And, you know, I gave it up and decided to go to school instead. Mm-hmm. And went to college and, and majored first in microcomputer communications and then went on to, to um, major in marketing. Um, do I regret it? Yes, I do. There's just, I mean, it, still to this day, I mean, I love the ballet. I love mm. to go see the ballet. Me and too. I mean, it just, it just moves me so much yes i think that there's something to be said about watching a ballet that um i i I was in houston and um i happened to be stuck there for business and i happened to realize i I forgot what they were playing oh it was romeo and juliet and i'm like i have to go and i cried i sobbed because i had not been to the ballet since moving out of new york city and there's something about it but I, it's, I mean, and Romeo and Juliet, this, you know, I'm a big fan of the story ballets. I mean, mm-hmm. big fan of the story. And Romeo and Juliet is one of my favorites. Romeo and Juliet, La Sophie, mm-hmm. uh, Giselle. Giselle is um, beautiful. Giselle is absolutely gorgeous. La Sophie is kind of like a Giselle, except yep. it's based in the Scottish, um, in the Scottish Highlands. And Ooh. it's, it's am- amazing. But, I haven't seen that. So know, I'm going to have to put it on my list. Yeah, La Sophie, not Le, because L-E-S okay. is, is mm-hmm. a very stereotypical romantic ballet that has no story in it, okay. and I can't stand it. But La Sophie is the one where all the guys okay. wear the kilts, and it's just amazing. I love Ooh, it. Oh, I'm in. Guys in kilts. I know. I love it. <laughs> but, but no, I love it, it. It, it, it. It helped. You know, the one thing that I can say about ballet, and I recommend any parent, you know, to definitely send their mm-hmm. kids to dance class is that it taught a lot of discipline. Discipline. Oh, for sure. I think that the discipline for myself and I mean, and, and I, I went to Martha Marr, but my mom had three daughters. She can only afford two of them taking classes and it was not me. I didn't realize you went to Martha Marr. I did. We lived, um, we lived before we moved closer to, um, to Palmetto or to that area. Um, we lived near the Miami Opera. My mom used to work for the Miami Opera. And oh wow! We lived in that. Not it, it's the roads near Biscaya, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which my, I love, Biscaya, love yeah. Biscaya. So we we were able to go for a summer, but between you know the my, my mom really was a single mom; she couldn't really afford it. And at and then for the summer, she sent us after that's the that first summer. I was supposed to go back in the fall, and you know didn't happen. But I. I, that's why I got a job. I started my first job, believe it or not, was I used to come off the bus 
And I used to take the public bus, not the school bus, because in that area, they didn't have public buses, whatever the story was. And I would get off the bus right in front of my mom's um, office. And I would go to the office and I would go to each person. This is what, you know, the 80s, again, people would smoke in their offices. They didn't go outside to do that. And I would go in and I would run all their errands, right? And I would like, okay, what can I do for you? Can And I would pick up their dry cleaners, go out and get cafe con leche for some people at the coffee shop across the way. I would go get maybe their cigarettes. Some ladies would have me pick up their um their birth control pills and the deal was if <laughs> if it was a dollar fifty they would pay me whatever change and I would keep whatever change. So if I, and I would calculate in my head, like, oh, there's only 10 cents left of that. So then I'm like, don't you need something else? And I would upsell them <laughs> to try to get something else. Right. So, my, so I would save money and, and, and I still like, I was not making enough money to be able to afford the stupid dance lessons. So, and then my mom signed us up for after school and they did it after school, but it was certainly not in Martha Mar. Now my, my sisters did go for for a period of time um which but you must you remember know, manon the the yes. receptionist oh my oh, god she my was god. so sweet i loved her and and it I was the kind her. of place where again i i remember you it would just you just felt so um you like it, it's your stereotype. If you're into ballet, because really my little sister was not into ballet. So to her it was a pain in the ass. But I love just wearing the uniform and putting my hair up and walking yeah, in. And, it was and, a stereotypical. Mm -hmm. Martha Marr believed in teaching. Right. It was Russian technique combined with um, with um, uh, Alicia Alonso's Ballet de Cuba technique. Right. Mm -hmm. And then also the English technique, because every summer, <clears throat> Georgiana Parkinson from mm -hmm. um, American Ballet Theater would come yeah. and mm -hmm. teach a summer intensive to which she would never acknowledge the boys, that bit. <laughs> she would sit there and she'd go, all right, second group of girls, and and literally would not acknowledge that there were boys in the class. In the class, I mean, yeah. Oh, God, she was awful. And her and her Shih Tzu dog that was like flea that would bring oh, yeah. fleas no, into the studio. That. But, but I, that's, I mean, it was so stereotypical. We would promenade in every class. Mm -hmm. You know, boys were expected to wear black tights, black tights white, yeah. shirt, white shirt, white yep. socks, mm -hmm. white shoes. There was no deviation from that. I um, I, mean, I, it, I it's funny because I my sister lives in Miami and. Um, I, I, I said, um, you should sign my knees for ballet. She's like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And then my knees like, yes, I want ballet. So my sister's like, great. So now here's my sister, the tomboy having to create the perfect updo for my knees. It's adorable oh, for the bun, oh, for the yeah. bun. It's, it's so, and it, and, and she has mastered the technique so perfectly that I think, Oh, wow. How did this happen? <laughs> uh, but we could talk all day. We could talk all day for hours. And, and I want to be sensitive to your time because you've graciously agreed to be on here. But I need to have you back so you can school me on plants and I can create my English garden. We can talk more a little bit about our favorite, favorite pastimes. 
which as we grow older and better, we have uh, uh, some amazing goals and, and, and things that we do. And we're, you're very active in the community and you're an activist. And I love that about you. And we need to talk a little bit more about that. But I am just thrilled that, that you know, we've connected through the years and that Miss my my garçon from and that's terrible French for the love of God that's why I don't speak it very often but Monsieur um is uh, no that's sister isn't it see someone teach me French I what is, mon ami oh bonjour mon, mon ami. ami that's right mon ami my love <laughs> my love oh see there you go that's how we used to greet our, ourselves in the, mon in ami. the and then that would be the extent and then we go mon ami. listen i was able to get myself around in paris with uh, my broken french which i was very proud of for sure. Yeah, no, no. I, you know, I don't think languages is something that I just, you know, I can do accents, but not, you know, how is it that you say the, how does the American say? You can do accents much better than I can do much more of any of that. Um, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's keep connecting. Let's keep shining. Keep doing what you do to support people around you and shining your light and being the believing mirror of the people around you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if there's anything that I can do to help support you or to help support some of your listeners, I'm, I'm always available. How can people reach out to you if they want to connect with you? Um, well, I'm obviously on Facebook and, mm -hmm. and, um, and on all the different on Twitter. Um, but um, the best way is, you know, just simply contact my email address, which is uh, V as in Victor, V as in boy, I-R. L-I-D as in dog, I-S as in Sam, at att.net. And like I said, I'm more than happy to, you know, to talk about writing, to talk about life in Love general, it. you know, I mean, what, you know, I, I'm always open for a great conversation and making new friends. And you are a great conversationalist. And again, I urge you to follow him on the socials. I'm going to put his information on the show notes so that people are able to connect with you and, and take advantage of having a grand friend like you. So uh. <laughs> listen, I'm going to send you pictures of my pitiful garden and Dan is going to be thrilled. I may have to ship you. I'll ship you a copy. Uh, one of the books that I have that I've actually used as my first cottage gardening book. And oh. I'll send it to you so that you can use it just so you can get ideas. How about that? Okay, perfect. All right. Okay. Ta-ta, mon ami. Goodbye, mon ami. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Go confidently in anything that you do, my dear. You too. Mr. Bill Berlides, everybody. Ba -da -ba -ba. Ba -ba -ba. <laughs> anyway, did you like the interview? It was good. It was all over the place. Was it? So here's my takeaways. Over the hill and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. Seriously? I think we need to everywhere. plant a huge I, mm. English garden in our yard. <laughs> all right tell you what we'll do an english garden as long as you can figure out which way is up when you plant everything cure an ass <laughs> uh, anyway it's been a little bit since we recorded this and julie was gone for like 14 days and 
I'm proud of myself. Every day, I watered Julie's plants. With the help of Mother Nature. It was like four days where it poured in Mother Nature. But one plant was victimized because it fell off the thing. And it rolled under like the grill cover and the basil plant. Well, I guess I won't be making suffered. any any tomatoes and basil with, you know, thing. So I told Julia, oh my gosh, this one plant is so nice. It loves the heat. It's, 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 it's blossoming and mm. it's going nuts. It looks beautiful. You saw it when you got home, right? Mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, it's a tropical plant. It's really good in the heat. We should plant it outside. Because I saw one of those in Miami, and then it dawned on me that, well, it lives in Miami, and it's just meant to be a plant here. I don't even know what it is, but it was on discount at Home Depot. For those that don't know, we do live in Connecticut. Now, you know, I do buy my plants at Home Depot. Do you know why? Because they got a one-year warranty? Yeah, they got a money-back guarantee. Mm. And the way I go... I take advantage. Not that I've ever taken a plant back, but, you know, it's nice to know that I can bring a dead piece of something to them and maybe they'll consider giving me my money back. (laughs) Uh, Which, by the way, I have something to break to you that you may not be happy with because, you know, you had sad news for me about my Yankee glass. Mm -hmm. And I need to tell you that last week, Amelia and I watched Eurovision. You did? Yeah. Without me? Without you. Well, good, because I watched it without you. (laughs) (laughs) I was pleasantly surprised at how funny it was. It was a great movie. It was fantastic. (laughs) Oh, Daniel. Cheers to you, my love. Cheers to you. Do you have a still glass? Oh, wait a minute. Ready? Cheers. Clinky. Clinkies. Yay. Anyhow. I really enjoyed it, and... This wine's good. I know. You said it was cheap wine. It is cheap wine. Cheap wine's always sweeter. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Uh, I didn't have any wine in Florida because the Paynes don't drink wine. Do you have any whiskey? No. Tom had some beer, but I didn't want to really have beer. Did he have his own? No, he hasn't been brewing. My brother-in-law has not been brewing any beer. Mm. My sister only likes Bailey's. And he gets uh, sick with vodka. Who gets sick with vodka? Tom. He, it makes him loopy and get happy too quickly. Kind of like what rum does to me. Like, uh, it's like the same alcohol content. I don't know. But first of all, rum is a little sweeter. I not. I mean, if I am on a beach somewhere and I'm going to sit and have a pina colada. I like pina colada. <laughs> I like walks in the rain. I don't know. That, that's how that song goes. Anyway, I sang that I to Amelia. I make up my own words. She didn't appreciate the pina colada song. You think song. I'm such a pain. Uh, speaking of Payne, Amelia Payne really seemed to enjoy the song Margaritaville. You're welcome. Wow. Mm-hmm. She's been thoroughly indoctrinated in two weeks. Really? 
Yeah. I took her paddle boarding. That was very fun. We had a good time. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't take her. We went with her dad. And we made our my sister also go. She seemed to, you know, not as be as keen on it as, but, you know, it's hard mm-hmm. the first time mm-hmm. you go. Uh, kind of like the first time you went paddle boarding. Do you remember that? I've never been paddle boarding. Yeah, you have. Lake Winnesquam. Never did it. Yeah, you did. You were standing on the paddleboard. I have pictures. Nope. Yep. I'm denying it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was the same day I did the zip line. You never done a zip line. Yeah, I did it the day I paddleboarded. Oh, my goodness, Daniel. Come on. You, that's the most ridiculous thing. So. I never zip lined. You've never zip lined. I did paddleboard. You did paddleboard. Yeah. Can I get a paddleboard? I really like paddleboarding. Paddleboard you? <laughs> wow. Sincerely, Dan. <sighs> I'm sorry, people. Okay. So I'd like to talk about something else that's on TV or on your streaming service, boys and girls. Is it the movie we just watched? Yes. Now, I would like to clarify that, you know, we are not the kind of household where we're watching TV all day. That's not who we are. At least not me. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, hey, here's a bus. Let me push you under it. I didn't push you under it. I just said I don't watch TV all day. I I have made an incredible change to my habits over the last six months. Yes, you have, and I'm very proud of you. It's funny. After I was out out of work, I actually started watching a lot less TV. Now, last two weeks... I was enjoying myself while Julie was away. Well, it's not like I prohibited you from watching television. You I didn't watch, say you did. You can watch television as much as you want. I, I mean, I have more important things to do than I like to. Yeah, I'd like to curate what I watch, and I think that you know, I like to enrich myself. Now, if you'd like to watch television, go for it. So and, the movie we just got done watching. Oh, so good! It's good. I encourage it was you guys on Hulu. To now. Spoiler free, Julie. Spoiler free. Don't get carried away. I'm not going to get carried away. So it's a um, movie called Palm Springs. It's got Andy Sandberg in it. Andy Sandberg. And it was funny. It was about a wedding. It was in the desert. (laughs) (laughs) And had drinking. And just cute. Very, very well done. You know, I, I like the premise. I never saw the premise coming and you it was didn't? just, no, I didn't. And, and, you know, listen, you looked it up. You cheated. No, I didn't look it up. You did. You were I like, listened mm. to a podcast that spoke about oh, it. I heard about the yeah. podcast anyway, as well. Right yeah. now, Palm Springs on Rotten Tomatoes yes. has a critic score mm-hmm. of 94%. Whoa. Audience score of 90 percent well it was very good it was cute amazing funny Mm -hmm. i liked it i laughed when carefree niles adam sandberg and reluctant maid of honor sarah Kristen malati have a chance encounter at a palm strings wedding things get complicated when they find themselves unable to escape the venue themselves or each other Hmm. So this movie is kind of a a good way of describing that movie. This is, um, yeah, I read it off of Rotten Tomatoes. That's nice. So this is kind of a, another take. There's been a couple versions of time loop movies. One was. Now you're giving it away. That's the first two minutes of the movie. 
That's part of the thing. Another. Mm. So anyway, Groundhog Day is one of them, right? Sure. Another one that's really good, if but it's a little while. It's called Happy Death Day. Okay. Well, first of all, if you if I would have heard this movie was like Groundhog Day, <laughs> I would not have given it a chance. And that's saying a lot because you ended up loving it. You know, it tells a lot of good stories about. And, and these guys, it seems like they probably do this time loop many, many more times than mm. than in Groundhog Day. Um, so, so, you know, just learning lessons over and over again. You know, it talks about life and and uh, whether it's all worth it. So it's, what's the lesson you've nothing. learned over and over and over again? Um, make Julie happy. That's a great lesson. <sighs> We are hitting a milestone. We are. What's our milestone? Then we've been podcasting since April. <laughs> so that what's the milestone? Four months. <laughs> it's our quarter anniversary for the podcast. In five days. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, it How is. How many months? Four. So you're going to be 50 years and four months old. Four and a quarter. I mean, five. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, who said I could do math? Mm. I was teaching Amelia math. That's good. Well, I think we've kept everybody captive in our house long enough. What do you think? What are we, kidnappers? Come on, they can go. We're kind of kidnapping and They're waiting for us to say something witty. And... Wait, I am going to say something of importance. All right, do it. Do it. So, um, many people have been participating in a little experiment that I started personally for myself. And I decided that I am going to expand the little experiment. I have been leading a group of women through meditation practice, through a mindful meditation every morning at 6.15 a.m. And I am looking to expand that and make it available to the listeners. So stay tuned for more details in August and how mindfulness with julie is going to evolve that's awesome thank you so well thank you guys for joining us yet again and at casa de confidence and go confidently in the direction of your dreams we live one life people live it well thanks for joining us this week on the casa de confidence podcast with julie deluca collins Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly 
forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly. Julie's Mastermind.